I think it's always a great thing to listen to this voice inside of yourself. And if it's calling you to a life like this, then definitely follow this voice. That doesn't mean that it has to be it, but just trying it or making some small de decisions every day of your life to move into this kind of direction where this longing comes from. That, my friends, was Lena Henningsen. She's mostly known for her talented storytelling on YouTube, but she's also a professional photographer and designer. You're listening to My True North. My name is Kalle Flodin, and this is the podcast where I sit down with a fascinating individual who has been brave enough to go after what they truly want out of life. Let's dive into the conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Lena. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> for the people listening, who is Lena Henningsen? Well, my name is Lena. I'm originally from Germany, but I live in Norway since three years from now. Together with my partner, Joachim, and our dog, Ivy, uh, we live in a house close to the mountains, surrounded by a lot of forests, and we are artists, if you can say that. <laughs> um, I'm really passionate about filmmaking and photography, music, writing, painting, basically yeah, everything that makes me feel something and that is also what we are spending most of our time with. That was a good way of putting it actually. Something, I do stuff that makes me feel something. That was actually a good way of putting it. I got actually a good question from one of the followers on um, Instagram that I will actually lead into because I think it would set the tone of yeah, today's talk. Uh, it was from a girl called Veda and she asking quite a directly question that is, what are you feeling at the moment? I'm nervous about this podcast. <laughs> that is kind of dominating right now. But I'm also really grateful about my life in general, I can say. Especially in the last couple of days, I have realized that one more time. And I have just been through quite a transformative time emotionally for me and after that it's always like you come out into the world again and you just see everything with different eyes and I just realized again how deeply grateful I am for everything that is just in my life right now. Was it something that triggered it like bringing it up again? We had some really beautiful first spring days here so it was actually that after five months, we had like some really warm days with some, yeah, the sun really started to warm again. And that is also after such a long winter, it really feels like a new waking up. And that definitely was a part of it, I guess. But bring it way back in your history. The reason I found you was a video called Why I Moved to Norway. Um, that was the first video of you I ever saw. So you made kind of a big shift moving from Hamburg, I think it was, and then to Norway. How did that transition start? Like, what was the first idea of you like, oh, maybe I could actually leave the city I'm living in? It was actually over a friend that I got to know over a common friend from ours. Uh, she lived in Norway together with some horses. And I was in a really bad time of my life back in Hamburg. And I went there for a holiday basically so I just yeah uh, came there for two weeks and it really did something to me I think it 
I found for the first time this real connection to nature and she also really inspired me in her way of living. She lived really simple. She lived far up in the mountains in the woods alone together with her horses. Uh, no, no, uh, like we had running water, but no toilet, no shower, uh, really simple. And that kind of, I didn't realize it back then, but it really triggered something in me, I guess. And I already knew that when I was flying back home that I just I just had to come back. It was such a deep calling kind of and I had this really really deep feeling of being home there and so it was actually kind of a process. I just kept coming back to this place as often as I could. Every time I had some spare time I was jumping into the plane and flying up there again and eventually I just didn't didn't came back anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how long did it take from the first time you visited it to you actually move to Norway? I think it was around five years, four or five years. But what was it that made you actually decide on now I'm going to live here? Because it's a way different thing from actually just going back and forth with, a, with an airplane and just saying I'm visiting to saying I'm going to live here. I think that was also kind of a process because every time I went back home, it was it was more horrible. <laughs> so uh, the I had times when I was then back at home in Hamburg and I was just thinking all the time about this place and I still had to study and it just got worse and worse also with my life at that point. So the longing got just so, so big that eventually it wasn't even a decision anymore. I was just back in Norway after my studies, finally, after I finished them. And I had no, not really a plan and a lot of free time. And I just decided, okay, why should I go back? Is there one reason why I should go back? And actually there wasn't one reason. So I just stayed. Yeah. So that is how it happened. <laughs> is it something from the city you can miss today? Nothing. No. That's funny. I, I feel the exact same way because a lot of people saying like, oh, but don't you miss the convenience of being close to everything and having friends all over and stuff like that. But I, I don't. But how are you guys? Because you're living there with your boyfriend, Joachim. Um, how is it? That was actually quite in, that was kind of a personal question for me because we're having the same situation. We, me and my girlfriend, Christina, are living in the cabin. We're working from home, living here all the time. How is it for you guys to live in the same cabin and working from there and having everything there at the same place, so to speak? You mean like in our relationship or? No, just in general, like how it is to have a mix between a partner, a colleague, uh, someone you're living with. And like there's so much in the same person and in the same space. Because I think me and Christina talk a lot, a lot about it, that it's a bit challenging sometimes to actually have this, at least for us, kind of a small area to just be on. Um, and trying to fix that. Just to record this podcast, I had to kick her out of the cabin so she could take the dogs and go away for like one hour so we can make this talk possible. But how is it for you? Oh, I can definitely understand that so much. But um, with me and Joachim, it's actually... I never have experienced something like that before, but I think it's a lot... Uh, it's, it's really great. It, I just enjoy it. I love it really, really much to be with him here. But I think a big part of this, it is that we both really have our own space because we both really have our own worlds in which we disappear. 
Joachim just sits in his painting room the whole day for, uh, most of the time and I'm out with my own projects so often we don't see each other for for a whole day and then just meet in the evening and somehow it just we're really on the same wave if you can say it like that that's we never really fight or something and I, I really I have never experienced something like that before with other people I would probably go crazy <laughs> in such a small space but with him it's really different Yeah, but that's kind of interesting because it's the exact same for us. The only thing, we don't have that extra room that is your uh, Joachim's painting room. So we only have the table I'm sitting at now is Christina's editing desk, which is our uh, food, where we eat food as well. And over there behind the camera, just a few feet away, I'm sitting and editing. So we have all in the same uh, space. But as you exactly like you said, if it was someone else than Christina, I would go crazy after a few days or maybe actually after a few hours if i have to be honest yeah but this own space i think that's so important that everybody has his own kind of room to be with themselves but do you have neighbors or friends living nearby that you hang out with or is it just you two mm, no not at all not here actually and we also haven't really engaged with that so much because we know that we won't stay here so we also i mean do Due to the corona situation, you also can, cannot really invite someone over right now. Um, so no, we don't really have a lot of people to meet up with here around. We are very much on our own here. But we both kind of feel a longing for that again after after two years. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. But how is it for you? Because a lot of people ask me and Christina how it is. Like, do you never feel lonely? How is that for you? No, actually not. I'm... I'm really a person that loves to be on my own, I think. And I also love to be around people. But after that, I'm, I always need my space again to fill up my batteries, I think. And no, I actually never feel lonely. And that is also so interesting because some people also ask if, if it's not too silent out here. And I think especially because you're in the middle of nature, there's so much life around you. You experience so much more of the life, of the nature, of the seasons, of the animals that live around. And I have never been at a place that is more alive than here, actually. So that is how it feels for me. How is it for you guys to combine living out there like you do uh, amongst uh, among the mountains and combining that with actually living online as well, sharing your life online? How is that? I think it's such a great opportunity because when you're just here in your cabin completely on your own, I think I would probably lose contact with the world a little bit. And this online world just allows both of us to just keep in contact with people and to reach out to people and with the videos on YouTube or so to yeah, really give something into the world that maybe is inside of us. And also with the online shop where we are sending all over the world that's just such a wonderful feeling to have the connection with people that are really international that is as well and i think we both really really enjoy that very much how is it for you to have that kind of a big audience because you over have over like a hundred thousand subscribers now is that like can you picture that in front of you that it is actually a hundred thousand people maybe watching your videos is that something that you can realize that it is that many people not at all no way <laughs> really <laughs> i'm still <laughs> having really a hard time to realize that and 
I think on the other hand it's also good that I don't realize it that much because that kind of yeah I mean for me it's just us living here all on our own and me talking to a camera sometimes but I kind of try to blend it out a little bit that it will be probably watched by <laughs> very many people and no it's it's not I don't I haven't realized it yet <laughs> I think it would be so much difference if you like went out to an arena where there was like 80,000 or 100,000 people and then you have to hold a speech or yeah do something perform in some way I would I don't think I would be able to do it. I would probably just collapse, but hitting upload on YouTube, it's, it's such a different thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes it gets to me, like sometimes I'm like, oh God, what did I say there? And so many people just, <laughs> just watched it. And But in the end, I think uh, I'm just trying to get used to it and yeah, try my best. Because one of your videos, I don't know if it did that before that even, but one of your videos went went kind of it's hard to say went viral a bit in uh, like a few months ago. The one I have watched, uh, why I moved to to was it Norden? No, why I moved to Norway. That was the title. My story. Um, how was that? Like having that kind of an audience just show up? Because usually an audience builds up under under a long time, and now they just you know a lot of them showed up at the same time. How was that experience? It was really crazy. I was just, you know, I'm, I've started YouTube just by making kind of short clips with just music, basically just sharing some pieces of my life and some travels and so. And it was just, I think, one month before that video went viral that I decided uh, that I wanted to share something more on my channel that I actually started talking in front of the camera and I was my channel was really small back then I think about 5,000 people or just watching and I was just experimenting around a little bit and it was so funny because I think before this this video I heard a podcast from Oprah Winfrey where she talked about vulnerability and how important it is that we show ourselves vulnerable and that is yeah, basically the way to connect with people and I was so inspired to hear that and I thought like wow that's so cool she's so right and then I made why I moved to Norway where I talked really openly and really yeah. it came really out of my heart and really <laughs> honest <laughs> in this video about my story and yeah this video went viral then and I was just like oh no not th why this video like <laughs> it was an experiment you know yeah. I was just experimenting around a bit yeah. and suddenly it was I had kind of a personal crisis after that I really had um yeah because I it was so unexpected and I think Kate also uh, said that in her podcast really nice that if you haven't experienced something like that you can't really know how it's like and it's so different than I expected it would be it's suddenly one million people that have an opinion about you even it doesn't matter if it's a good or a bad one but you just feel all this attention and that really made me freak out a little bit definitely <laughs> yeah it's nothing you get taught in school exactly uh, how to react to when a million people just shows up in your story um 
I didn't think one of my videos would go viral as well. I just made that for fun. You know, like, um, I want to try out YouTube if that's a possibility to maybe earn money in the future. You know, I've only posted a video for, I think it was three or four months where I decided like, yeah, okay, now I want to just try this out and see how it works. And then that wasn't the video I thought was going to get viral. I did kind of a similar story to you, to yours as well. Um, I copied basically John Jinton's video, uh, her story in some way, like building it up in the same way. Um, and I did that on Swedish first, uh, and then I translated it over to English. It went, went kind of viral afterwards, but I didn't expect uh, the one that went viral to be the one getting viral. I was like, why this? Okay. Ah, uh, couldn't have been the one I actually planned for a bit, but yeah, you have no idea what's gonna what's gonna happen, so you just have to roll with it. I think definitely, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes everything everything just falls into the right place, right title, right image, right image, and then it's just it's it's out there. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I think also we as 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 people are even made for that kind of attention because something like that didn't exist before. That suddenly you have so much attention, maybe for some rock stars or something but suddenly everybody can fall into that kind of but was youtube and filmmaking a part of your plan when you moved to norway it was actually part of my job when i moved to norway i were already worked self-employed at that time i started doing that uh, while i studied i studied the digital film production actually for two years and so i mostly did kind of web design stuff but i also did some video and photography back then when i moved here yeah how did you use that to apply that to youtube because i think you've made more like client videos before right and now it's more your story how is that those two different mm, actually i made a lot of a lot more videos just for myself i just didn't share them that were all kind of just basically videos for myself like collecting memories and editing to music, that was also always what I enjoyed most, actually. And uh, client work was more kind of because, of course, I had to earn money somehow. And I tried to somehow do what I loved in, uh, like, press this into a kind of work. But I always enjoyed making these kind of atmospheric videos the most. But since you have going into more like building your own brand with Joachim and everything, uh, your store, you're not doing any client work anymore or how does that work? Um, a little bit, but I really have reduced it and I'm really happy about that. It, it was really good for, for a long time, but it's, I loved the freedom that I have, I'm having now to actually make the films that really come of, out of my heart and not just films that, yeah, people expect me to do and I don't have to ask anyone for their approval. Uh, people can just watch it and either like it or not. But yeah, I'm not dependent on somebody's feedback and that feels really, really good. Okay, leaving the film world talky bits right now, uh, going back to more of your living situation. You're renting the place you're living in right now, but you also have kind of big dreams and plans, what you talked about moving to a farm. Do you mind sharing a bit about that? Yeah, sure. It's I mean, it's still a dream of ours, you know, it's not anywhere near to to be fixed, but we are really dreaming about having our own place because actually this house where we, where we are in right now, it was never our plan to stay here, actually. We were just, we our usual plan was to just stay here for 
one winter and somehow we <laughs> ended up staying here for two years <laughs> but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our dream is to have our own place and to buy maybe a little farm and to have horses and to Joachim really wants to have a garden and yeah just have like our home like I mean and at your cabin you can now really everything that you work with you know that will stay and your roof that you're building right now you know that will make your life probably better for the next couple of years and we can't do that really here because we know that we won't stay um And that I would really love to have a place where I really know this I can, yeah, just um, build the way that I really want to and just create our own world in that. And yeah, we're also dreaming about maybe to buy some forest around the, the cabin because there, I mean, in Sweden as well, there's a lot of forest industry and We would love to protect some forest maybe around the area or something like that. We have many different kind of dreams. <laughs> yeah, we have the same plan, actually. When we actually have have money that we can spend on stuff like that, we would love to buy more of the forest around us if that's possible. Because we never know if the forest company is just going to show up one day and then cut it down. And then we'll just be staring out to an opal field, basically. Oh, I think that's the worst nightmare. Yeah, your own place and suddenly... Suddenly everything is just gone. Yeah. I think it's a bit more protected in Norway though than it is in Sweden because we have less than 10% of our origi original forest left in Sweden and the rest is just planted uh, and they cut down the rest. And it's so funny when people think about, oh, it's endless amount of forest in Sweden, but no, it's only 10% left and the rest is cut down, which is very, very sad. It's kind of the same in Norway. And I think in Norway, I'm, I'm, I don't know so much about it, but... I think I know that the forest is actually owned by private people of very often. It's not owned by the state. It's yeah, owned by someone. And when they have a lack of money, they just call a forest industry and they come and cut it down. And uh, that is yeah, kind of an issue. And I think Norway is doing something about it. And like they give you money when you protect the forest and something like that. But I'm not so sure if that really is project yeah, it's a tricky business like i would love to buy up some more of this uh, even though it's going to be very expensive but i feel it's like a good investment money-wise and even for our life here because it would if you build an entire life around this cabin and this lifestyle and then one day just tractors and stuff show up and then cut it down um yeah that would be kind of kind of a sad story i think yeah, absolutely you're just like <laughs> promoting the beautiful life out in nature <laughs> and suddenly yeah well that's life yeah but we have that kind of areas they're already taking it down i uh, i'm planning a video on that on youtube um just taking the drone up really high and actually showing like okay there's like a bald spot over there and over there and over there it's a lot of them but i don't care that much to show them in the video um, intentionally because I want to show the nature that is beautiful and try to bring that up but I need to also show so show those really uh, we call them kalhygge in Sweden uh, it's like uh, when they just cut down everything they don't lean leave a single tree um, and those are really really depressing to look at and they're I don't know it can really feel that in in the body at least me and Christina can it's a kind of a more calm calmer feeling But when you walk onto those kind of fields, it just feels dead. It feels abandoned and it feels 
yeah, very dark somehow. Yeah, I can imagine. We have also a lot of these fields around here. Um, but it's so good that you're making a video about this. It's so important because I didn't know that when, when I came here, actually. I uh, just knew and I all... Um, I also thought about the forest in Germany, where it's like when I'm now back in Germany in a forest, it feels almost like a park because yeah. <laughs> everything is just managed by humans. And I'm like, this is not a forest. That is also what I experienced here in Norway for the first time. What a really forest can feel like when there has no human been in, in it or changed anything or yeah, it's not human made. It's exactly like, like you said, it's, it's really this kind of almost like a healing power I feel. How far are you from realizing that farm life? How close are you to that uh, dream of buying a farm? I really can't say because th this summer we are planning to just look out and like drive with our van and see if we can find a farm and maybe we will or maybe we won't so hard to say. But in your heart you're at least ready. I am so ready. You, I'm really really ready <laughs> definitely. It's so funny when I asked for questions about uh, before this interview on my Instagram and on YouTube as well. A lot of questions was actually about the farm. So it's so funny to see how involved people are in your story as well. Like they so want you to get that farm. And it's so fascinating how supportive our communities are that there's not even their lives they're talking about. That it's your life and that you want to buy a farm. And they're like, I hope Liana Joachim can get this as soon as possible. I think that's amazing. That's so wonderful. I mean, I think we kind of share kind of the same community and they are just so wonderful people really i don't know how it how it is with your channel but i almost never get hate or something they are just so friendly and nice and everybody is just saying like youtube is really rough business but i don't really feel it that way exactly the same for me actually is there some parts of sharing your life online that you don't like not so much actually it's more challenging like i'm just having my personal challenge with it kind of but that's also really interesting because it has been kind of a really wonderful journey for me so far because i learned so much about myself and i also learn about some not so nice parts of myself <laughs> like when i'm just observing myself okay what happens when I upload a video now what happens inside of me and then fears come up or doubts or whatever and i kind of learn to appreciate that because it's i think it's a great opportunity to learn about myself so it's it's not really a bad thing but it's challenging sometimes this inner process but how do you handle those things when they came up like doubts and insecurities um I have developed kind of a toolbox for me over the last 10 years where I really got into all kind of topics like how does our mind work into mindfulness, meditation, all these kind of different tools and I think that I'm now at a point where I know okay now this fear comes up and I really look closely where does it come from, what is the belief behind that fear. And maybe this belief is something like, I'm not good enough. That's a classic. <laughs> and then I can look at my life and like, okay, where does this come from? And what does this fear need from me right now? And sometimes it's 
it just want to be felt. Sometimes it needs more of a caring energy from myself and then I try to establish a new belief and transform this feeling. It's really kind of a process, but yeah, I think there are some really great tools out, out there <laughs> that you can use for that. There are amazing tools. Like it's so important. That's one thing I've learned myself uh, when I went, went through therapy, when I was living in Stockholm, that like actually stopping up a bit. Okay, why am I grumpy right now? What What is that based on? What is it actually coming from? Oh, there was that comment before uh, a customer or of yours was kind of rude. But like, can I let that go? Yeah, I can. Okay, push it aside. It's not always that easy, of course not. But having those tools actually being able to stop up or... Um, for me, it's been really a learning process living uh, with a new girlfriend, like getting to be a boyfriend again, realizing again, like, okay, I'm not perfect, <laughs> not at all. And like, how do I handle myself when I'm getting grumpy uh, and being able to, because I had a hard time in my previous relationships that I had a hard time saying sorry or uh, admitting that I was wrong. And that has been so challenging, but it's also such a learning curve uh, and it goes way faster out here when you're just two, the two of you out there uh, because you have to deal with it. If one of, the, one of us is grumpy or mad at each other in some way, we have to deal with it because we only have basically one room in here. Um, it would be kind of terrible sitting in one room and one is annoyed at each other. So being able to bring it up and then for me real, realizing how stupid I am sometimes, like I have no reason at all to being grumpy. Uh, and saying it out loud to my partner, Christina, is then I realize how, how stupid I've been, basically. But I think that's so important what you just said. Like, I think this, like grabbing this moment before you act out on it, just like taking this pause, like, okay, before I say that, before I write this comment, before I start to explain myself, just take a moment and really go into what is really behind it right now. And... I think that is so important and for the first step to not act out of it right away but to take this pause is that something you're going to talk about more on your channel or where do you see your content and what you're sharing online what direction does it have i'm not sure yet uh, but i really would love to talk more about those <laughs> kind of topics as, uh, as well i'm really interested in, in those kind of things and I feel that it might sound strange, but we need our farm first. Yeah, then like I'm having my own kind of base, my personal space. And then I can also start talking about more vulnerable topics like depression or mental health or all these kind of things that are a little bit more delicate because I think I need this kind of security first. Yeah, but if you don't have a good foundation to stand on, it's really scary to talk about stuff that is so sensitive and means something to you if you're having a kind of a rocky foundation to stand on it's yeah, it feels even more uh, vulnerable i would say definitely definitely yeah somehow i feel i'm not ready for it now but it will come and of course i would i would love to share more about nature and the life here in norway and i think when we're having a farm there's so much more to talk about and to show and what I actually also have started with is some kind of a 
documentary series like i would also love to make films about other people's stories yeah like some you, you also did that with you, with your podcast now so like kind of open up the world also for not only for my story and but also for the story of other people yeah because i think it's really fascinating to get to know people and that's kind of funny when i've had these talks with uh, kate flowers or matthias from talas buan and now you it's so funny that <laughs> when i just start this zoom call for some reason, when you pop up here, it doesn't feel weird talking to you at, or it's something that I or someone that I don't know. Uh, since I watched all of your videos and I watched Kate's videos and Matthias as well, when the, a call like this starts, it feels like you already know the person, even though you and I have never talked more than like voice messages on Instagram. Yeah, I felt really the same. It was really like I was just also right now. It's like I'm watching a video of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm actually sitting in the exact spot I'm usually talking as well. So it looks, looks kind of dissimilar as well. Besides looking for a farm and going after that goal, what's coming up for you next? You talk a bit about the, your uh, web shop. Yeah, we will have a new launch in a few weeks. Um, we are currently working on some, or basically more Yorking is working on them, on some kind of small wood woodcuts. Uh, that is a new project and I'm I'm currently a little bit um, I, I don't really have so much project right now it's I'm having some client work and I'm also working on a new video but besides of that we're actually just waiting so that we can pack our van and be on the road again i'm really waiting for that right now so what do you have on your web shop right now for people listening maybe you have never seen it what do you offer on the web shop our web shop is called art of nature so that is basically it my uh, boyfriend joachim we talked about him he is um an artist he paints beautiful landscapes and we yeah, just sell them online. So it's basically paintings, but he also paints on glass, on porcelain, now also on wood. And I am selling some prints of my photography. And there are yeah many different plans for the future. You, we also really would like to sell books. So I love to have like some kind of journals or a notebook. I love to have a lot of them. So we're just looking around for nice books that he can paint on. So you can have a really special kind of book for yourself. And that's a good way, actually, because I love I love note, notebooks myself. And it's really hard to find, you know, the one because I've, it needs to feel good in my hands. It needs to look good. It's so many aspects. It's not just a random piece of paper for me. It needs to feel artistic. Is that weird to say? Yeah, definitely. I also feel like that, like when I'm really writing my personal stuff somewhere it needs to be kind of a special book it can't just be some piece of paper so <laughs> we really want to do that is this something you would like to recommend to people because i'm guessing it's a lot of people asking you how you did your shift from the city to the countryside like how would you recommend people that it, that is interesting in doing a shift like that how would they start i think it's always a great thing to listen to this voice inside of yourself if it's calling you to a life like this then definitely follow this voice that doesn't mean that it has to be it but just trying it or making some small de decisions every day of your life to move into this kind of direction where this longing comes from 
yeah, not underestimating this voice because I think it's, I think we all have some kind of a calling, something that makes us really enthusiastic and something that brings us joy and to follow that is basically the advice and taking one little tiny step <laughs> after and after the other and just yeah that was that's a good way to putting it and i got a lot of questions on that topic actually you said yeah go after what inspires you uh, and a lot of people were asking what inspires liana so do you mind sharing what what inspires you at least right now what a, oh i'm inspired by a lot of things i mostly yeah. by nature i would say uh, nature is really like every time I'm out in the forest and I'm just having silence all around me, then I already feel the inspiration coming up. And I'm really inspired by music. I love music. I'm not very a talented musician myself, but <laughs> I love to listen to it. And I think music is just the perfect way to create an emotion or to, I don't know, it just always makes me feel something. And I love music <laughs> to also to use it in my videos because i feel that because i love to create an emotion and music is just a perfect way yeah it feels like you put a lot of time as i do myself like into choosing the right songs how do you start that process because p there's so many songs out there you can pick for a video and that song as you said really puts the emotion on what you've filmed so do you have a process of choosing music to your videos it definitely also takes a lot of time for me to choose the right song, definitely. Um, I think that I most of the times have some kind of a feeling that I want to transport, like a mood. And then I'm looking for songs that yeah, have this kind of mood and that can really take a lot of time. But sometimes it's also the other way around that I find a really good song and I know, okay, this is the mood that I want to transfer. And then I add the footage up to that. So yeah, it's more kind of a fluent process, I guess. What kind of music do you listen to on your free time? Oh, everything, I think. I People always say, or I have heard that a lot from people. They say the music I'm listening to is quite sad. But I actually <laughs> don't feel that way at all. It's just I love like this really melancholic songs sometimes uh, really acoustic folk classical music i also love rock music from time to time and basically everything is there some music you don't like i really don't like really hard music like hard rock or hard style with a lot of techno <laughs> that i cannot relate to so much but if there's some i really love rock music actually too when it has a good melody or something? What I've learned from my own experience in music, like either you're a person that goes after melody in songs or texts. Are you one of those per persons or? Mm, melody, definitely, I think. Mm, okay, same here, actually. I have no idea what I'm singing sometimes. I shared in my previous video when I was sitting on my roof singing, uh, quote unquote singing, uh, I had my headphones on and just screaming my lungs out. And I know the song because I can hear the melody, which one I was singing but it's not even Swedish I'm singing. Uh, it's like a mumbling kind of uh, melody words. Uh, and I think a lot of people do that as well, just fake English or fake Swedish or whatever language that is, just finding the melody that's more important to some people than actually the lyrics. Yeah, I saw that video. It was so amazing. <laughs> you sitting on your roof. <laughs> I was so, so close of cutting that out. 
like really, really like oh, no. yeah i was like i can't put because in some ways because i see myself as a, at least an okay singer and okay singer songwriter and musician because i have that background and sharing something when you're not singing as controlled as you want to and on pitch and everything and then sharing something when you're just screaming your heart out basically and it's kind of false and it's kind of you know oh doesn't resonate with me at all so i was just showed it to christina like what do you think should i keep this in she was like definitely like don't take it out that will be the best part i was like are you sure then posted it and yeah she was of course right (laughs) it was it was really good that you left it in one last question before we wrap up what are you most proud about i think i have some kind of a uh, willpower inside of myself. Joachim always says it's my inner locomotive that when it starts yeah. moving, <laughs> then it's like it had this really clear path and then it's going there. <laughs> and I yeah. think that is that is maybe something that yeah, yeah. When I have an idea, I really, I really, really go for it. And yeah, maybe that is something I should be a little bit more proud of as well. Having that drive in your life is something amazing because when you find something like that, um, yeah, like you said, there's nothing stopping you, basically. Definitely not. And that's when you know when you find the right thing, I believe. Like when you have that, like, okay, this is it. Now I'm going for it. I can spend all my waking hours on this thing. Uh, then you, I think you know by then that that is the way to go. Yeah, I think that's so... I think it's really uh, a lot about having a really clear vision that really wants... that really makes you alive that you really want to achieve and then just go there and no uh, not letting you distract yourself i definitely have <laughs> had that as well when um i did my camper van i built it out in like i think four months i wasn't i definitely wasn't fun to be around at that time i want to build this van and i'm doing it now and i think i was like out in this rainstorm like screwing <laughs> my walls in and yeah. It feels like both me and Joachim has found quite uh, driven and stubborn women in our life because Christine is the exact same way. Like you can't stop her when she has a um, attraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's really good. So people that want to find you online, where do you mostly hang out? Mm, I would say YouTube. Though I oh, know that's not so true because I'm not uploading so much. But yeah, I think YouTube, Instagram, our website. We also have an Instagram for our shop. So I think that is basically the three most places where I am. Oh, but I'm also yeah. on Patreon. That is also true. But to people that want to find you, like I said, YouTube and Instagram and stuff, uh, I will leave the links below in the podcast so they can just click them and end up on the, on the right place, so to speak. Thank you so much, Lena, for coming on. It just felt like hanging out with a friend, actually, uh, even though we never talked before. Uh, so it was really nice having you and, and I hope we can talk more in the future maybe coming on to another episode in the yeah in the future somehow thank you so much yeah it was really wonderful it really felt like just sitting somewhere with a friend just talking and it's great i just forgot totally that we were recording yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the best way perfect okay thank you for coming on thank you so much i'm happy you made it all the way here to the end of the podcast thank you so much for taking the time to listen If you like what you heard and want me to make more episodes, then I would love some help with spreading the word so the podcast can reach even more people. Take a screenshot and share it on Instagram or whatever platform you prefer. That will be highly appreciated. Thank you so much and we'll talk soon again. Bye-bye.